Believe me, if I started murdering people, there'd be none of you left. We are all evil in some form or another. I am not guilty. <laughs> We are the Unusual Monsters Podcast. My bad for the short little hiatus, but we back in full effect. You know what it is. And uh, as always, part of the intro, for the, uh, just because we got anybody new listening. So I kind of came with the podcast because my girl loves to listen to true crime stuff. And when it comes to the audio, it's not really my thing. But listening to her speak on it, it's intriguing. And I fucks with it, so I decided, so, you know, we might as well start a podcast. So uh, let's see what she got for us today to kick it off. If you want to introduce the episode, what you want to bring for us today? All right. Today, folks, we go into Kansas City. And in true fashion, today's name, we're going to call him the Kansas City Strangler. The Kansas City Strangler. Uh-huh. That name plain, but uh. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's a little... It's a little plain, you know what I mean? But uh, it's not it's not, it's not as bad as that first one. That's always got to throw that out there. Oh my I'm God. fucking with it, man. He's strangling people. Let's see how he's doing it. Let's see how he get it done. Man, I'm going to just start this off like, yo, my man is a straight menace to society. So this is kind of a long one because he just wreaks havoc. But I always like to give a backstory, so let's get into it. All righty. So, today we're going to talk about Lorenzo Jerome Gillard Jr. I'm going to just call him Gillard, go by his last name throughout the story, because, yeah, his shit long as hell. Um, He was born, you got something? No, go ahead, go ahead. All right. He was born on May 24th, 1950 in Kansas Kansas City, Missouri, one of five children. He was born to Lorenzo Sr. and Laura Knee Brown. At an early age, Lorenzo showed signs of aggressive behavior. During his high school years, he would play sports with his brothers, and he was naturally a bigger dude, so he was, like, apparently big as shit, which caused him to, like, he would use his size and weight, and he ended up being a bully, so. Hey, yo, real quick, we hit the two-minute mark, so you know we finna spark up that blunt real fast. Yeah. <laughs> you know All right, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so, you know, he was known as a bully throughout high school. Uh, he would go on to assault smaller ch- children, pick on them, beat them up, take their lunch money, all that good shit. Uh, and due to poor discipline and poor academics and being absent from school, he basically was forced to drop out drop out of school after the 10th grade. In the mid-60s, he would meet a young woman named Raina Hill. That was he, They would start a relationship, and by November 20th of 1968, she was pregnant, so they went ahead and got married because she was pregnant. Man, I swear, back in the day, that was, like, really a thing. Like, and, you know, I respect people who still do it, you know what I mean? But um, I, I don't think having, like, when you, when you find out the person that you're messing with is pregnant, I don't think that 
it's the right thing to do as far as it just happened and Jump going and get married. Yeah, you know what I mean? I feel like if you didn't already have those thoughts before she got pregnant, then maybe you shouldn't pursue that. But we can go ahead and continue. Different though. times, you know, that was the right thing. To yeah, see, back, back then it was different. In, yeah, know, it's more traditional and, you know, whatever. But I get you know, it. Times has changed. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Despite him being married and having a child on the way, Lorenzo would begin to indulge in crime and exhibit deviant sexual behaviors toward women. So, like, even though he was married, this motherfucker was out here doing his own thing. It has begun. And boy, did it begin. Shit. All right. So he really got married because she got pregnant. pregnant. That That's was it. That was the only all. reason that why. It. That was all. That yeah. was it. All right. So these are early crimes. We ain't even got into, like, the real shit. So he got a bit of an extensive criminal background. Like, the shit is long as hell. So bear with us. In January of 1969, Lorenzo was arrested on charges of assaulting and raping a girl he knew. The two parties would come to a reconciliation agreement, which was reached because all he had to do was apologize to the young girl and charges were dropped. In 1970. Wow. Mistake number one. Mistake number one. Let's wow. just throw out there, y'all will see a pattern of how this nigga just continuously gets away. Uh, in 1970, Lorenzo's father was convicted of rape. Two years later, Lorenzo would be arrested again for raping and assaulting another woman, the victim claiming that he had choked her into unconsciousness. She would ID Lorenzo in a lineup, but her testimony was considered questionable and the charges were dropped. So once again, my man gets away. I'm sorry, and when did, when, what was the year for the first attack and the year for the second attack? Uh, the first one was in 1969 and then in 1970. So, oh, so back to back. So when he started, he started. Okay. He started. Got you. In 1973, Lorenzo was arrested for assaulting his wife. She told police that he had been physically and sex sexually abusive for all of the years they had been married. Ultimately, he was faced, uh, he was forced to pay a fine and he had to divorce his wife. So... <laughs> That's all he got for sexually assaulting his wife? No time spent. Pay a fine and had to get a divorce? That was it? And that sucks just because it's like, damn, like, y'all not going to give him a little time? Six months? Nothing? Like, no restraining orders? Is it? Man, I understand it's way back in the day, but even back then they had to know the seriousness behind that. And the consequences got to be more than just paying a fine and just, you know what I'm saying? Uh, What was it? Pay a fine and get get divorced. That was was it. it. That's crazy. And I'll be trying to save this to this end to the end, but I feel like as we go on, because it's happening so many times where he get away, I think it's because he is a black, like they're black. He's a black man. So given the time, maybe that shit just once again wasn't a big deal. Like, all right, let's move these people on out the way. You know, but see, now that's where it gets tricky. You would think they wanted they would take any opportunity back in the time in those days to lock up a black man. So why not lock him up? But in the same sense, you could say they didn't care because they were black, they're gonna let him just do what he do Dude, to the yeah, white black woman they don't get no or reason. probably wanted him to you know take it further I'm, I'm not saying i feel this way but some may say that uh they probably was waiting for him to take it further actually kill her then lock him up and she be gone too could be i don't know but it's fucked either way yeah and 19 in february of 1974 lorenzo was arrested for raping a 25 year old exotic dancer who identified him as identified him from a photo lineup but yet again charges would be dropped when the two parties reach a reconciliation agreement so they keep reaching these agreements i don't even know how that like 
is a thing. Like, that's all it takes is like an eyesight. He say, I'm a sorry, and then the charges could be dropped. I didn't know that was a fucking thing. You know, I had to look it up, but I doubt that's a thing today. But then I, again, then again, if, I, if, if I'm the person that got assaulted, I should have some say-so on his consequence, I guess. Like, I guess I should have some say-so. Like, it don't. they ask me, do I want to press charges? If I say no, but hurt his, go, go, go after his pockets or whatever it may be, I'll put him on probation. They kind of have to, They, you know what I mean? I feel like they I have to take that kinda, into consideration because right. at this point, y'all, just the I'm sorry and he gets to go free, I still, there is some type of fear. Like, he's still in the area. What if he come back? Like, am I right. tripping? Right, right. No, I'm saying, for the victims, they're <laughs> yeah. tri- they tripping. I mean, that's, you know, like, I don't see how they wouldn't want more. So it's a little weird. But go ahead, though. All right. So five months later, he would be arrested again for graping the 13-year-old daughter of a friend on the banks of the Missouri River. The victim would change her testimony and the rape charges would be dropped. But Gillard was convicted of sexual acts with the minor and received a nine month sentence in the Jackson County Jail. So this is the only one where he kind of do a little. So finally, he, he had to actually do a little time. Yeah, but even then, still wild. This 13 year old girl changed her testimony. And I don't know if maybe because she was scared and maybe didn't want to go through all of that. Or the fact that she changed her testimony probably took her credibility away also. Shit, yeah. True. You know what I mean? Lied or, yeah, yeah. Lied. After being released, Lorenzo married a second time, but his wife soon left him, filing for a divorce. I can't even talk, y'all. Divorce, claiming <laughs> like his first wife, she was beaten and sexually abused. In the late seventies, he would marry a third time. So I like I seen the pictures of him. He ain't no catch. I don't know what he got going, but he ain't. It's not hard for him to get a woman. Like and then the marry, like they just jumping in marrying this fucker. Like yeah. I mean, what they look like? I don't know, but you right. But he ain't. He look. Y'all see when we post love. Hey, fabulous said in the song one time. He said, "I barely hear no like when women like when men ask you to marry him." You know what I'm saying? And like, that's a real thing. Like when women get. When women get asked uh, to be a man's wife, I I would assume that it has changed in current times. But back in the days, the chance they said no was pretty slim. Yeah, well, he... And I think even now, it's probably more than half of women that are asked that question probably say, yeah. I probably a significantly, significant percentage higher than 50 probably. Well, I don't, you know I'm going to look it up. That's crazy. Though. I wouldn't know. Ain't nobody tried to put a ring on this motherfucker finger. So I wouldn't know. Ain't nobody asked. <laughs> <laughs> in 1979, Gillard was arrested on charges of assaulting a young couple, graping the girl, and threatening to kill her fiance. Even though the couple ID'd Gillard as their attacker, Gillard was acquitted by jury by a jury verdict as at his trial, due to the lack of evidence. I don't know how, like they ID'd him, so I don't. I mean, they ID'd him. I don't know. I mean, they, like, them IDing him is like is kind of them giving they were. But if you ID someone out of a lineup, though, like uh, what would be their point? This random couple just saying he this man attacked him. Like they didn't know him. He did like you know. What but saying? like, like what evidence. Be, so so what was forensics like back then? That was in the seventies still. Yeah. Okay, so that probably plays a part. That it's it's getting close to the eighties though. We, we gotta we gotta have that as a note. We're gonna need that right there because we keep we keep kind of very sure top of the head. Cause we did look it up and we did see forensics kick yeah. back in higher. Was it it was mm, like to the nineties, actually. That's what I'm gonna like say. It was like the early nineties or yeah. something. Right. So at that time they probably didn't have that type of you know, so that's what it was. I guess. 
A few months later, he was arrested for aggravated assault on his third wife, but got away with the administrative fine and a divorce. <laughs> what? Again, basically? Again. This shit is wild. And mind you, y'all, this is just like early crimes. This ain't even what we getting into. With the Each wife he about. had, he had some type of charge with them, right? And yes. two of them, the first one and third one resulted in him paying a fine and having to get divorced. That was it. Mm-hmm. After him having history of doing this, they still didn't. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. In February 1981, Gillard attacked his ex-wife two different times. The first time, he knocked her front tooth, her front teeth out. And the second time, he stabbed her in the hand with an ice pick. He was arrested and charged with third-degree assault, but was let go on a suspended sentence and probation. So he only had to do probation. Man, this dude be getting off lucky. Kansas City, I hope y'all laws black and tied it up, baby. In the fact he black, yeah. make it even more crazy. I, I ain't gonna I lie, the that shit crazy. Up there, cause sheesh, tough. And so we done jumped to that. We're here in the 80s now. We done moved on, <laughs> finally. In November of 1981, Gillard was arrested for theft, but was released on a $3,500 bail. That same spring, he was sentenced to four years in prison. Mm. Finally did a little prison time. And his family, too. I'm going to say his family rough, too. That same year, Gillard's sister, Patricia Dixon, she was a sex worker, was convict, convic- uh, convicted of murdering a client of one of her clients back in 1983 and sentenced to 11 years in prison. So his family. Hey, look, now, now before you say, too. right, you said family wild, too, right? And uh, um, I say this. In the line of work that she was in, there are situations where, you know, it I you know I never wanted to see somebody lose their life for nothing. You feel me? Um, but in the same sense, there's times where that girl who had got uh mm-hmm. kidnapped into sex trafficking and she ended up killing her pimp. You know what I'm saying? Like there's situations where I could understand why someone might resort to taking someone's life or just try to injure them to the point where they can't hurt them anymore, and that results in them losing their life. So you know. <laughs> Without going deep into what his sister did, the situation, mm. the line of work she was in, she might have been defending herself. True enough. Well, unfortunately, she got 11 years, and I wonder if that played a role into her race, if that's the case. Like, if she was really defending herself, but because she was black, she ended up getting all this time or something Yeah, I don't like know, because just like the, uh, the one girl, the light-skinned girl, uh, mm. the more recent one, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Her, same thing. She It was clearly self-defense, but she ended up doing prison time. Mm. Go ahead, though. My bad. All right. On Jan 10th, 1983, Gillard par- uh, paroled, but was soon returned to prison after he was arrested in, I do not know how to say this, y'all, Wayne Dolt County, Kansas, for making bomb threats. And it does. <laughs> Like, that's <laughs> random as hell. Not none of his MO, but <laughs> yeah. Maybe he was off the shits. You know, a lot of drugs was going on back then in those times, you know. He was released in late 1985, and in January of 1986, he got a job as a garbage man at a disposal service where his father worked there also. So he kind of played it safe for a little bit, cooled out. On December 23rd of 1987, Gillard was arrested and questioned regarding the murder of 36-year-old Sheila Engold, during which his blood sample was taken, but he was released due to lack of evidence. <clears throat> in 1991, Gillard married a fourth time. Oh, wait, wait, wait. The lack of evidence, what you just said, mm-hmm. what, year, what year was that? That was 1987. Okay, so, yeah, okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Okay, so we so get, just, okay, we getting there. Go ahead. And I will say keep Sheila in mind because she's going to come back later on in the story. Yeah. 
1991, Gillard married a fourth time and was promoted to company supervisor, <laughs> granting him control of several garbage disposal teams in various parts of Kansas City. Yeah, wild. I was waiting on that one. That shit's wild. Man. In July 1996, Why do I feel like I know what he did? Go, go I'm sorry. I, I, you, want, you feel like that play into some shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see. In July 1996, Gillard's neighbor went to police claiming that she had been sexually harassed by Gillard since September of 1995. No charges were brought against, against Gillard, but... <coughs> It's yep. what I mean. Now, with his whole history and everything, with his whole history and everything, I don't understand how he was even put in a position of power. That's crazy. Different times. Like, they you ain't see this record. No background checks was being ran back then. I don't no. understand. They had background checks back then. They had to. They had. I know times was way different back then, but, like, and you know, the world evolves. People evolve. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to always just discredit the uh, officer and everything. But, like, they had to have background checks. Fuck all this. Then. This man has consistently damn near every year have right. committed two to three times each Now, year. even with that, we did look up and we did see that at certain time periods, though, when it comes to the law, they didn't have it to where if you did a crime in one state, that they can look it up in a different one. This all takes place in Kansas City. We ain't left the state yet. Damn. I'm this trying to, I'm trying to, Missouri I'm state. trying to throw a nigga a bone, but now. damn. I mean, you keep going. Good try, my friend. Damn. <laughs> No, yeah, no excuses for him. like I, like I said, Kansas City tighten up. I know I, where I won't be fucking moving. Okay, um, if they laws and change, so he didn't get any charges brought against him, and that poor lady end up just moving moving away out her home. Shit's fucked. Yeah, it's fucked up. All right, now let's get into it. In two thousand one, the Kansas. So I guess all this time he kind of was chill, living his life. He had this power, you know, living his best life. And then two thousand one. In 2001, the Kansas City Police Department received a multi-million dollar federal grant aimed at re-examining cold cases using new DNA technology. Mm. Aha! After examining the blood sample taken from Lorenzo back for Sheila, the murder, the 36-year-old Sheila, right? Right. The investigation team conclusively connected him to the murders of six women in the area, including Sheila Ingold for whose murder he was considered a suspect back in 1987. In addition to that, he was also linked through circumstantial evidence to the killings of at least six more women killed between April 1977 and January 1993. All were between the ages of 15 and 36 and were strangled with various items, including nylon stockings, laces, and wires. All right. The bodies were found dumped in various places around Kansas City, including landfills, snowdrifts, abandoned buildings, vans, fields, and parking lots. All were known prostitutes. None were found either, some uh, nine were found either fully or partially naked. All were sexually assaulted. <clears throat> I hate how uh, back in the day you could really get away with murder. Easy. You know what I mean? So it was mainly because it, it was no way to yeah, connect they had the DNA. DNA like and, they, and it's so and weird. And they didn't have cameras everywhere, too. So you could really you could really catch a motherfucker after the bar, after the club, in an alley, fuck him up. And as long as nobody ain't see you. I was just going to say. Yep, like, you good. you you good to go. You good. As long as there's no witness, nobody out and about, like, you pretty much good. That's crazy. Even if you did leave some evidence, like, they had no way yeah. of 
Yeah, it together. you have the DNA and shit. Now, years later, if you're still alive, you got to pay oh, for it. Gonna eventually, cool, you know what I mean? But yeah. Yeah. All right. The murders were considered unrelated until 1994 when police forensically linked two of them to one another. As a result, Gillard was arrested on April 16, 2004 and charged with 12 counts of first-degree murder. All right, so now we're going to get into the victims, and as I always want to say, rest in peace to the victims and condolences to the family because, you know, time never heals. You know, you never can put a time mark on healing. So. Right. The first victim we have is Stacy Swatford. She was a homeless trans woman that prostituted and who had recently moved to Kansas City. She was last seen alive on April 10th, 1977. Her body was found a week later at a vacant lot bearing signs of suffocation. Mm. Next was Gwendolyn Kenzine. I hope I said that right. She was only 15 years old. She was a sex worker as well. She was found strangled on January 23rd, 1980, a day after her father had reported her missing. When found, her neck and wrists were tightly wrapped with wire. She had been last seen by her parents a week before she was reported missing. So it don't really go into her home life, but the fact that she was out here being a sex worker at 15, clearly her home wasn't the best of, you know, ideas. Next was Margaret Miller. She was 17, was found strangled on May 9th, 1982. She was also a sex worker. Catherine Miller, 34, a mentally ill woman who was not a sex worker but was homeless, she was found in an abandoned building on March 14, 1986, with the stocking wrapped tightly around her neck. A couple of days, like six days after I was born. Man. Naomi Kelly was 23, found strangled in a park on August 16, 1986. Kelly, Kelly was a student and businesswoman, as well as a single mother of two. She was forced into being a sex worker due to financial issues. Gillard had left her, left the towel he had strangled her, strangled her with near her body. So that's what they found with her. Like he is just savage. Like he's just literally a menace. Like I wouldn't even want it to live in Kansas City, Missouri, doing this. I don't want to uh, like deep dive into it, but I'm curious. Um, and I'm gonna do some research because mm-hmm. uh, at those times it seems like a lot of women were into the sex worker thing mm, you know but that like especially around the 70s and 80s you had the crack and like that's when that kind of was right. taking off right and so yeah and people needed to like, like was that kind of in the go ahead and finish mm-hmm. i'm trying to hold this off for the end okay all right next was deborah bilvins she was 32 was found strangled on november 27th 19, 1986 her completely new body was found in some bushes next to a church Ann Barnes, 36, an exotic dancer and sex worker, was found strangled near the city center on April 17, 1987. Kelly Ford, she was 20, was found strangled on June 9, 1987. He almost com- she was found almost completely naked. Body was found dumped at the edge of a cliff near one of the city parks. She was a drug addict and also a sex worker. Angela Mayhew, 19, was found strangled September 12, 1987. Unlike the other victims, she was fully clothed on the side of the road, and despite being a sex worker, no trace of sexual assault was found during the autopsy. He just, <clears throat> just probably maybe some her. rage, just probably maybe out of rage or something. 
And now we have the story of Sheila Ingold, who was 36, was found strangled on November 3rd, 1987, also a sex, sex worker. Her body was found inside an abandoned van near an auto shop in Kansas City. Gillard had pretended to be interested in buying the van. He also had stole two rings from her corpse. So once he was dead, uh, once she was dead, uh, he, yeah. And I, another thing that comes up, he actually was having sex with these women, like, after he killed them, too. Like that, yeah. damn, these, <gasps> like, yo. And then there was you can get diseases from that shit too. <clears throat> I'm not really sure how to say this name. Car, hmm, Carm, Carline, Carmeline Gibbs. She was 30. Was found partially nude in the parking lot of an apartment building. And then Connie Luther, 29, was found strangled in a snowdrift with a noose made of laces tied around her neck on January 11th, 1993. On June 23rd, 2006, following DNA results, Gillard was charged with the murder of Helga Kruger, 26, who was found strangled in Kansas City in February 1989. An Austrian immigrant, Kruger was a convicted extortionist. So, yeah, she had a lot of shit going on her own. Yeah. So, um, that's not funny, but yeah. Anyway, Gillard was also considered a suspect in the 1987 murder of 21-year-old store clerk Paula Davis, whose body was later found dumped in nearby Ohio. So he might have committed murders over there, but yeah. January 2007, Gillard's lawyers were able to negotiate an agreement with the Jackson County Attorney's Office. Here they go with this shit. In exchange for dropping the death penalty, their client would agree to a trial without a jury, which began on March 5th of that year. Gillard was tried on seven first-degree murder charges. Prosecution focused mainly on DNA evidence. Experts shows he had sex with the victims around the time they were killed. So like I stated, he killed them. And then so he thought it was sweet. He thought he was going to get away with it again because of uh, how he had done this many times before. But with his old age, when he didn't realize it, he probably didn't understand. Forensics and shit was in a whole different level. He probably didn't really get that. And that's crazy because either he And you would think his lawyers would tell him. Yeah, I'm just saying. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. man. Throughout the trial, Gillard refused to admit his guilt and it insisted on his innocence. Like, that's wild, too. So I want to say something was mentally wrong with him as well, maybe. Well, or, like I said, <clears throat> he's so used to getting away with it and he don't fully understand forensics. And even hearing about it, he's like, man, ain't no way in hell they can get my blood. I done did this shit yeah. 10 times. Like they couldn't do this. shit. They yeah. can't. And the lawyer Ever. telling him, I'm trying to tell you, man, shit done changed out here. Man, <laughs> you feel me? Like, shit, shit done changed out here a little bit. And he just brushing it off. It might have been what it was. But go ahead. Well, 12 days later, Gillard was sentenced to life in prison without parole for the murders of mm. Barry Kelly, Barnes, Ford, Ingold, and Hibbs. He was acquitted for killing Mayhew since only human hair and no semen was found on her body. DNA results of the hair were inconclusive. He initially served his life prison in Western Missouri Correctional Center before being transferred to the Crossroads Correctional Center in July 2019, and that's where he currently is. Oh, so he's still alive. He's still alive. How old he is? Are you on, I don't this? even know. But he's an old man. No, he, he was born thing. in 1950. It's 2022. Oh, he, he up there. But check me out. He like uh, 70? Possibly. But yeah, anyway, uh, 
what I want to say is though, I noticed in a lot of these stories how a lot of these women that get you know end up getting killed, whether it's it's either kids or sex workers. It seemed like it's kind of those are the two. You know, would you agree? Yeah. For the most part, like kids it was, and sex yeah, workers. it was, yeah. But even the kids were sex workers, unfortunately. Yeah, and I'm not saying just in this story. I'm oh, saying all yeah, the stories yeah, we've done yeah, so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah it been all like kids and sex workers, right? Crazy. So I'm wondering, like, since it involves so many sex workers, like, I'm wondering if if back in those times, if that was along with the drugs and everything, might have played a part too. But if back in those times, if that was one of the first ways that women were kind of liberated. Women that kind of they kind of started to make their own money, mm. kind of started to. I wonder if that was one of the professions, one of the first professions that, you know, women were. You know, well, I, I don't know because you got to think about it. Prostitution has been going on since forever, the beginning of time, back in the Western days and before that, back in the Greek days, there's forms of prostitution. Like, right, right, like right. you know what I'm saying? Prostitution have been around since forever, so. Yeah, so probably not then. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if that was it. I just think it more to had a lot of deal with, like, the different drugs and the crack. I think the drug and the crack pandemic or epidemic, or I'm probably using the wrong word there, whichever one. Epidemic, um, yeah. Yeah, epidemic <clears throat> is, like, I, it's during this time and it seemed like in the 80s like that really had a lot to do with it and motherfuckers was really like out here tricking to get their shits that makes sense uh and then men see the opportunity of women being like that and they started to you know be pimps mm-hmm. and stuff you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so yeah 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 it makes sense it makes sense it makes sense mm-hmm. but what's the name again the unusual what no what's it i said what's the uh what's the killer's name again uh lorenzo gillard aka the kansas city strangler hey that was that's a good one i fucks with it yeah. But listen, for everybody that made it this far, we appreciate y'all for tuning in. Yes, Once again, it's your boy Cuff. And your girl T. With the Unusual Monsters Podcast. Hey.